Hey, you. Thank you for joining me for episode number 150 of Better Regulate Than Never. 150. That sounds amazing. Sometimes when I look back at the catalog of episodes, I can't believe that I've created all that stuff. It's amazing and exciting at the same time. And I never run out of ideas, which is really fun too. So today I want to talk to you about living the good life. Are you living the good life? What does it mean? What is people say, you know, living my best life, you know, what does that mean? And I don't know that we could pinpoint a specific thing because what my neighbor thinks is living the good life is probably different than what I think is living the good life. And I've even thought about that with my son in particular. I used to just ask him, are you happy? Do you like what you're doing? And I finally decided that just because it's not what I would want to be doing doesn't mean it's not what he wants to be doing. And so sometimes we can look around and think someone isn't living their best life because we're judging it on what we think is the best life, but we all need to decide what is the best life or what's the good life based on what we think and like and are interested in, not... Uh, It's not a blanket everybody uh, thinks a certain way. And what I found to be so interesting as I was looking at all of this is that people, humans, have been asking what makes a good life or what is the, what constitutes a good life since the beginning of time. Now, we don't have some written records from way back. But even in back to before Christ or BC times, we had philosophers that were questioning what's a good life and talking about what they considered to be a good life. So this is a question that people have been wrestling with for a really long time. And I think it's part of the human existence to sort of wrestle with this. And sometimes people just give up and trying to figure it out. But I wanted to give you some ideas today on what does it mean? Now, truthfully, I got lost in a lot of the theories and ideas and research that different people have done on what is the good life. But what I loved about what I found out is that knowing your strengths, your interests, your values, and your skills play a huge part in your overall life satisfaction. And I didn't purposely go out to look for that, even though that is my life's work to help you find out those things. I had no idea that that was actually what would cause life satisfaction. I just thought of this. I actually had a different idea of what I wanted this episode to be. And this whole episode just sort of like... I don't know, it sounds crazy to say it just fell into place because I do work on this stuff and none of it's easy. But it's like the words just flowed on the page and it was all about strengths, interests, values, and skills. And I was like, oh, wait, this is a whole episode by itself. And so next week, probably I will do the episode 
that I originally was writing for this week. This it just this just took a turn that was so perfect. And like I said, I wasn't I wasn't trying to find the evidence or research that said that UMAP is the way to go, but that is actually what I found out, which is so fun. And when I ask my clients what they most get out of their UMAP profile, and they've all said this, is that they kind of knew the things that they were interested in or kind of knew a little bit about their strengths just by the way they felt about doing things, but they didn't know that how all the information like went together and they didn't know that they could use that information to make their relationships better, like with their parents and teachers and coworkers and bosses. And they didn't know how it would give them the words to use to have these conversations. And as I talk to young people, I realize how much I would have loved to have had this information so that I wouldn't have thought something was missing from my life or that I was somehow lacking in something that I really needed and that I would never be successful because I didn't have these things that I thought I was supposed to have. And that my my strengths were actually my advantage, the thing that made me different and more successful in some ways than other people. But I had no idea because I just kept looking at what was negative about everything. And when I started teaching, and I've told this story probably in several podcasts, a lot of the veteran teachers kept telling me how I was doing it wrong. And I just kept thinking, well, maybe I'm not supposed to be a teacher. But really, all those things that they were pointing out to me were actually strengths in working with young people. And that I have used those strengths this entire time through my teaching, my school counseling, and now as a life coach. And just recently, have I found the actual words that I can use to say, yes, this is a strength. And this is something that has made me be who I am and really connects with young people where other people who are in education maybe don't connect with young people. And that's a tragedy because I I would like to see every person who is in education really connecting with young people, but some people don't. And they maybe have strengths in other areas. Maybe they have a strength in classroom management, which was not my strength at all. Um, So there's just things to think about when you're really looking at how do all these things fit together. There are five steps to take to clarify what a good life is for you. And because we would all have a different idea, like I said, my neighbor thinks something different than I think. My kids sometimes think things differently than I do. And really, it would be hard to find someone who is exactly like you and what exact whatever you exactly think is a good life, they would also think. So I want you to think about these things for yourself because they are based on you only. But one is to clarify your values, which guess what? The UMAP clarifies your values. It helps you to figure out which ones are the most important. But your values are your why for why you do everything. So if you value adventure, but you don't take chances on things or you're afraid to do new things, you're going to feel dissatisfied in life because you have this value of adventure, but you're not ever doing the things that make you feel adventurous. 
And once you clarify that adventure is actually one of your values, then you can start looking at all different decisions and pieces about your life. And you could start deciding, how can I add adventure to that? How, you know, especially if there's something at school or at work, that's kind of boring, or it's kind of feeling drudgery like, how can you add adventure to that? So you get creative and you start brainstorming and problem solving how you can do that. And sometimes you're, you get, you're in a relationship and maybe it's with your parents where you feel like things are off and it very well could be because something that you value is not what your parents value or something that your parents value is not something that you value. Or the same thing could go with teachers or with supervisors or bosses at work. And once you know what your values are, you can start talking to people about how to better align how they can help you align with your values, or maybe you can help them understand what your values are. So maybe they can have a different request of you that more aligns with what your values are. One of my clients values love and connection. And that's like one of their top values. And this summer, they were feeling really dissatisfied with their life because they don't have constant friend interactions because school is out. And so they're at home a lot and they, they have siblings, but we, if you have siblings, you know that usually they don't help you feel connected as much as your friends do. And so we talked about, okay, well, what's, what's, let's problem solve some ways that you can find love and connection in the summer when you're not seeing your friends constantly. And they came up with, I would like to add a movie night so many times to the summer and I'll invite everyone to my house for a movie night or talk to them about, could we have a movie night at different people's houses on different weeks? And, you know, one week I'll host it the next week you host it or several weeks later host it, or maybe even just finding youth activities in the community that they can go do and meet new people and connect with new people or invite their friends to do some activities with them where they're having that friend interaction. And knowing that adventure and love and connection and things like that are a value for this student, they can go out and they can talk to their parents and advocate for why they need to be involved with young other young people and other activities during the summer, where maybe if they didn't know that love and connection was their value, they wouldn't really know how to talk to their parents about, or they wouldn't even know why they're feeling dissatisfied. They just do. And then they're like, well, I wonder why I feel this way. It's also important to find the parts of your life that are the most important to you. And that's one of the things I do with all of my clients. We rank different parts of their life on a scale of one to 10, one being it's terrible, 10 being it's perfect and amazing. And then we talk about that different, those different areas of life, they rank it. And then we talk about if it's like a five, we talk about, well, if it's a five, what would you need in your life in order to make it a 10? Or what would need to happen in order for that to be a 10? And then they can start seeing what parts of their life are more important to them than others. And so the parts that we rank about a life, and this typically is all the parts that anyone, even no matter how old, would rank, um, their health, their relationships. And for my students, because they're still minors and living at home, most of them, 
we rank relationships as romantic relationships and then friendships and then their parent relationship. Now, I think for some adults, they just put relationships all in one category, but I feel like those are all really different kinds of relationships that young people have. And they all could be ranked differently. I know when I was a teenager, I would have ranked my parent relationship as one, but my relationship with my friends would have probably been a nine or a 10. And that's really different. And so that's why I like to ask kids about that. Then we talk about recreation. So that means, are you getting out and about and doing fun things as much as you want to? Spirituality, and it doesn't have to be about religion. It can just be, do you have a higher power? Do you uh, feel spiritual? Do you feel like there's a higher purpose for you in the world? Um, Then I ask them about their school and how they feel about school, how they feel about a job, if they have a job, how they feel about finances, and also how they feel about their own personal growth. Now, some young people aren't even really looking at personal growth or thinking about it, but it's important for them to know that to have a full, satisfied life, you do need to have some personal growth. And so maybe they can start thinking about what does that mean to me and what would I like to do to grow in my life? And of course, each person will have different priorities and different areas. I have one client that spirituality is at the top of the list and she, I think she goes to church every day. or almost every day. She does a she reads her Bible every day, she prays every day, she loves that aspect. And then maybe uh recreation, like getting out and doing extra things isn't as important. Then I have another client who recreation and being active and doing things is the top most important thing. Spirituality, they're not too concerned about or not really, you know, wanting to make that a priority. So it is very individual. And then later on, after we've met for so many sessions, we look at it again. And has any of that changed? And are they making changes that help them feel better? And I may have a client that ranks health as low, not because they their actual health is low, but they're eating a lot of junk food and they feel like, well, I could be healthier and I could make healthier choices in food. And so we look at that. Or maybe I have a client who ranks finances as low because they are too young to get a job and they have all these things they want to buy. Or I've had other clients that didn't have a job or couldn't get a job, but their finances are fine because they, they get whatever they want or they 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 like what they have and they they don't have a lot of wants of things that they want to purchase. So it's just so different and it makes it so fun for us to just really look at all, like each client is so different. Then to invest in your strengths is another way for you to get life satisfaction. And so you got to know your strengths so you know how to play to them. So again, the UMAP is going to give you what are your strengths. And then we're going to talk about how can you play to them and how you can try to use your strengths more in the things that you do at school and at work and with your parents. And that doesn't mean that you only use your strengths and you, if you're, if it's not a strength, you don't do it because that it would be impossible probably to have a successful life without doing some things you're not so good at or things you don't like. But how can you how can you work your life around what your strengths are so you're using your strengths more often 
Or if you're overusing strengths, which sometimes people do too, because they're so afraid of these other things that they're not as good at, how can you tone that down a little bit? Or what does it look like when you're overusing strengths so you can pinpoint it easier so you know to kind of diversify or figure out some other ways to do things? Or maybe you want to strengthen some things that are lower on the list of strengths and how can you make those things a little bit better? And again, how can you communicate that to your teachers, your parents, your coworkers, your supervisors? And then we work on setting goals, which setting goals to achieve things based on your strengths, values, interests, and skills are what help you reach that high satisfaction of life, living the good life. So you can imagine setting goals and implementing them in every domain in your life that you're interested in improving. And you can focus on what you want and how to achieve it because you know, oh, these are my values. These are my strengths and interests. And I'm going to, every decision I have, now I'm going to look at that and think, okay, how does it fit in this category and how can I move forward? And that will alleviate a lot of drama in your mind about why certain tasks are hard. You know, if I know, let me think about one. Well, one that just the very first thing that came to my mind is one of my strengths is empathy, feeling the feelings of other people and um, being able to make decisions based on how other people feel. What's amazing for me as a life coach, and it was amazing as a school counselor, But when I think about trying to supervise people, which I'm not so good at, or supervise students in the classroom, you know, I used to be so upset with myself because classroom management was hard. Well, now I know it's hard because I'm feeling the feelings of all these students and I want them to feel good because that's important to me. And trying to control them and tell them to sit down and be quiet and put this away, whatever, almost... Um, goes in the face of that in a way, not totally, but I think that's why it felt so uncomfortable to me. And I felt like it was a flaw that I had instead of looking at like, oh, well, of course, I don't really feel like doing that because I have these other strengths. And I wish I would have known it more when I was teaching, because then maybe I could have found what, how can I use my strengths to manage this classroom So it'll feel in alignment with who I am. And then the last one of the, you know, I said there were five steps and the last step in this like research-based how to have a nice life is to ensure high quality relationships. Well, how do you, how do you make sure you have high quality relationships? You know yourself, you know your values, and then you pick people in your life that also are aligning with that. Now, that doesn't mean you have to pick friends that are just like you or a romantic partner who's just like you. You need to have some variety. And sometimes they have a strength that you don't, which then balances out to be a beautiful pair. But you don't want to have relationships with people that are completely misaligned with your values. And as you are finding out who you want to have friends, who you want to be friends with, and who you want to be in romantic relationships with, 
knowing what your values are and then asking them some questions and finding out what theirs are will help you to decide if this is a good match or not. And it's okay if things aren't a good match. It doesn't mean anything about that person. It doesn't mean anything about you. If something's not a good match, you just say, oh, this doesn't seem to be a good match. You know, we can be friends or I can hang out with you sometime, but I don't want to have an intimate relationship with you. Or, you know, I really like you as a person, but I probably won't hang out with you very much. And that's okay. And then we know, or a part of this is knowing that whatever decision you make about a relationship, especially when you decide it's complete and you're not going to move forward with it, that even if they don't like the decision or they're mad at you because you decided not to be in a relationship with them, you realize that it's not about you. It's about you aligning with the things that are important to you. And they just, it just doesn't align. We're never going to find people that align perfectly with every single thing with us. And so we don't want to be too hasty, but we also want to make sure that a lot of the baseline things that we really find important are also valued by that other person. And that's one of the things we talk about in our UMAP coaching is that, you know, is this a reciprocal? Does that mean, does this other person need to have it as well? Or is it just a personal value? So if you have a lot of personal values that you have said are reciprocal, meaning the other person has to have them too, then when you're finding out who you want to be friends with and who you want to have a romantic relationship with, if those values are not reflected in them and they don't like those things, then you know it's not going to, you're not going to be satisfied in that relationship and that's okay. And it will probably help you to feel better because you'll realize how much control you have over all of these things. So when you are more self-aware, these decisions about relationships and careers and practically every decision you make is going to be healthier and more satisfying because you're going to have the information you need to make those decisions and to decide those things. So you can take all this information from the UMAP profile and start crafting the life and the relationships that you want. You'll be living the good life and you'll learn how to live the good life as a young person instead of waiting until you're almost 55 to be living the good life. So I can't wait to see what you do with this information. So contact me if you want to get clear on what your strengths, values, skills, and interests are, because this is your map on how to set goals, have conversation, and what careers to choose. That's why it's called you map, because it's a map about you. I'll talk to you soon.